When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. And we're back on Steelers. Touch down under. Marky D, guess what time it is? It's time for slinging the slang. Come on down. <laughs> That's it. There's Mark with the 70s, uh, you know, Jeopardy style, <laughs> cheesy intro, or even with a mo just to make for full oh, effect. Yeah. But just Mark said, just as Big Ben likes to sling the rock, we like to sling the slang. This is where we give you a taste of all things Aussie, bit of Aussie flavor. Sometimes it's terminology. Sometimes it's just pop culture stuff. Mark, I let the team down this week. This is the first week. I've never thought of anything. It's all right. But I knew okay. you'd come up. I knew you'd come up and save me. I knew you'd come up and, uh, well, you know, t- do one for the team. If we go out and beat the Chargers this week, right, what is a better feeling than beating the Chargers this week? I don't know. You got me thinking about that Toyota ad where everyone jumps up in the sky. I don't know if that's just an Aussie thing or not. Right, one more time for the audio listeners to really get behind this. What is a better feeling than beating the Chargers? Beating the Ravens. No, it's it's uh, wearing a new pair. It's wearing a new pair of Rex Grundies. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that. <laughs> For everyone in the live chat, uh, Rex Grundies is a pair of undies. So nothing better than beating the Chargers. Oh, actually, it is actually, you know, a pair of Rex Grundies is a new fresh pair of undies. So you had no idea. You had no idea it was going that way? Yeah. No, I had no idea you were going that way. Uh, But I don't know. Is undies, is that a slang, you know, that we call? Like, do people get that that's underpants, briefs, whatever it is? I don't know. I just, I just like the idea. You might be doing a double, you might be doing a double slang. Okay. Look, let's, let's dive into this because this is really funny because Brian Brown on the live chat said, I don't get it. Now, that's fine, you know? So we call our underwear undies. And then for some reason, we call them Rex Grundies. 
And then even before that, or uh, another another you know sequence, we call it Reginald's. Maybe it's a brand. I don't know. I, I just heard I've heard the saying Rex Grundy's a few times, and I'm like, it's like the I Cockney don't... thing. It's kind of like the yeah. Cockney slang. It, it must be a brand though. I think Reginald's is a is a brand of undie, or you know. And I just think, yeah, if uh, we get the win, that's fine. But what be- you know, something better than that is wearing a fresh pair. You know, you might put them in the in the um, in the dryer to heat them up on a nice cold day, you know, or you might put them in the shower for us on a really hot day and put them right on. No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. That'd be a bad situation. But all right, here's one for you though. I've seen it before on like the, in the Steelers and the merchandise store. They have like Steelers thing, boxer briefs and stuff and like, and, and underpants. I'm a massive Steelers fan. I got a lot of Steelers, you know, memorabilia, you know, stuff right let's just say i was gonna say paraphernalia but that makes it sound dodgy but you know i've got heaps of steelers stuff i'm not wearing steelers underpants no that there's a certain there's a certain point of like i think look i'm not i'm not, I'm not the best i'm not the best grown man with my you know my three three week old mustache but uh i won't put any i'll have normal rex grundies i won't put anything else like batman or anything like that i'll just have my normal you know uh, plain Jane underwear, and I'm sweet to go. And actually, no one really sees no one really sees it, I guess, and gets your partner or someone like that. Or if you're going out and put the bins out, um, you might be in your in, in your in your Reginalds. But uh, yeah, I thought that was, I, I knew that was going to throw you off this week. I wanted to really like, and for some reason, I don't know why it was in my mind. I, I didn't even Google it. It was just this came to my mind. It was like a new idea, which we need a new idea for the for the punt return. Actually, it's quite funny. So, you know, the brand that we've got here, so people have to Google it, but Bonds and then Pat Rafter. Do you remember when we were growing up and Pat Rafter, Australian tennis player? He played in a couple of finals against Agassi, actually, um, for, for those, particularly for the American listeners out there. And anyway, he fronted the Bonds ad. Uh, and as a kid, I was like, oh, I always want to be on the Bonds ad. I don't know why I did. But, they, but like the, the way they represent is very like, you know, the average guy sort of thing and whatever. But I always thought, oh, it'd be cool to be the Bonds guy. I don't know. I always wanted to be the Bonds guy. You still can, mate. you got time. You're you're almost famous I now. I you're famous time. now. You you have lots of time to, to, to be that star. But, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, do you want to talk <laughs> some Steelers? So I think we talked yeah, about let's get back to some Steelers. <laughs> All right, so Steelers <laughs> charges. So Brian Brown brought up, um, you know, one of our regulars, brought up in the live chat earlier about the Steelers, you know, passing attack. I thought it was quite interesting this week. I did a bit of, I had a look at some stats. Everyone knows I love my stats. Did you know, Mark, the Steelers and the Chargers, Chargers are ranked number one in this. Steelers are ranked number five in terms of the completions they've allowed so far this season on par, in passing. So the Steelers have allowed 190 completions. The Chargers have allowed 181, right? So very, very sort of similar numbers there. Then if you look at the total yardage allowed, the Steelers have allowed 2,033 yards. That's top six. The Chargers are third with only allowing 854 yards as well. You look at the quarterback, uh, sorry, you look at the um, the touchdowns as well that have been allowed. The Steelers are fifth, having allowed 12 touchdowns. Oh, well, actually, they're tied for third with the Seahawks and the Chargers. You've all allowed 12 touchdowns, right? So they're very both actually quite strong passing defenses. And I thought that was quite interesting considering we've had Hayden out games, you know, Sutton's had to move around, Pierre's had a bigger role, there's no Mike Hilton, you know, Mink has had to do a bunch of other things to step up for the linebackers. I thought that was pretty interesting. The Steelers are ahead in terms of sacks, 
Uh, the Steelers have 26 sacks on the season. That's top 10. Um, you know, whereas the Chargers are in the bottom bottom six for that, only having uh, 17 sacks. So you look at this and actually it's quite interesting because the Steelers' pass defense is actually quite up there. I was really surprised when I looked at these, looked at these stats. Um, now, the Steelers have allowed a quarterback rating of like 96 and a half, which is, you know, not, not the best performance, whereas the Chargers are a bit, are sort of a bit further around that with a better better defensive sort of situation. But it is kind, it is very interesting to see this week because both teams have strong passing attacks. So I don't think we're going to see this shootout between Herbert and, and Ben like some people are thinking. And in fact, this is where it's going to come down to, I think, a bit of an Eckler versus Najee situation. I mean, Eckler's, uh, you know, the Chargers have more rushing yards on the season as a as a cohort um, versus versus what the Steelers have. Uh, there's about I think about 80 yards difference there, but the difference is we've got Najee, um, and Najee's got got more rushing yards. Can do a bit more in the um, I think in the short passing game, or well, he has done this season. So it's just going to be a very interesting environment here. And I, I honestly think this this game will come down to, and I know I say it a lot of weeks, who turns the football over. I actually kind of think this is going to come down to who's holding the football longer. Because whoever holds the football longer in this game, I think will win it. I think time possession yeah. is a key stat. Is I know it's always a key stat, but I think this week, as I say, if you like, you know, there's often a saying, you know, the best offense is defense. And I've also heard the saying, you know, on the flip side, the best offense is defense. Yes. Oh, the best defense is offense, sorry. Because if you've got the football, the other team can't score, right? As long as yeah. you don't do anything stupid with it. I've heard the same one of like the best offense is offense. Just go score. You know, just go and That's run true. go and run down the rocket to some. Uh I, I agree with you though. It's it's funny. I, I looked at the stats then. I think Jared Goff has a hundred had 114 yards. Um 1425. Yeah, from last week. From last oh. week, like, like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Jared Goff. Yeah, it, <laughs> he was in the LA Rams. I didn't know he's back at the Chargers. <laughs> in comparison, I'm just saying, like the you know we are that bend but don't break. We've been preaching that yeah. for so many years. Um, the run game is 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 hurting us so much right now. We haven't got the guys in the middle just now. Cameron Hayward can't do it by himself. Alex Highsmith did step up last week and get some um, tackles on the running back and slow them down. Um, you know, it was really a two-quarter, third-quarter kind of style game where we got burned, yeah. but then we, fig- we figured it out. Um, I-, I believe a lot of those stats. I can't remember most of them, but I believe in that we're playing okay. I think everything's playing in front of us. Um, I mean, look, the uh, Chargers, look, at the end of the day, one thing I did want to say is look, the Chargers are top 10, I think, in their part, the touchdowns that they've scored through the passing game, the yardage that they've got, you know, that like they are doing well. I, I just, I feel like it's more going to come down to the defensive side. Yeah, and like you said too, we're going to hold the ball and Najee is key to this game. Um, it's also stopping the run. And I think also key to this game too is, and you might agree with this too, is like not letting Herbert get comfortable. I guess you can say that any game really to not let any any yeah. quarterback get comfortable. But Herbert's a special kind of guy. He's like a young Big Ben. He's really fast, got a big arm. He's got some talent like you've, like you've um, and I, hope, I think we talked before the show, you tell me about a lot of the receivers they have, like Ken Allen and who's the other guy, Williams? Oh, Mike um, Williams, who really stretches the stretches the defense. I think Mike Williams has like got a career average, and I'll pull this up, but like I think his career average is like plus 15 yards per reception. It's, it's actually like, it's quite crazy. Uh, it is yards per reception. Yeah, his career average is 16.3. And that's so, beyond the that's beyond the sticks every time you go on beyond the sticks. One hundred percent, right? And yeah. Keenan Allen is someone that I mean, 
you know, I, I <laughs> we we often love what what you know Brown did with the Steelers with Ben in his prime behind that O line. I mean, if we had had Keenan Allen, oh, uh, Keenan Allen is an absolute top wide receiver, and we've seen him do damage to the Steelers before when we've done poor things defensively. But I mean, Keenan Allen for me is, you know, he's someone that's already eight thousand yards. I mean, he's on track for a Hall of Fame career. I don't. Oh, hundred percent. He needs a Super Bowl, but I, I personally. I, he's, you know, definitely up there for me. I mean, you know, he debuted at 21, like how young, you know, Smith-Schuster was there, been playing a decade, could probably play another six, seven years easily, and he's already at 8,000 yards. You know, he gets past 13,000, 14,000 yards, and he's going to be really, you know, up there from, from that perspective. He doesn't have a heap of TDs, but, I mean, his, his season catch rate, like he's had a career catch rate low of 63% one year, but usually it's about 70%. I mean... That's it's incredible from what Keenan Allen's done for the Chargers. I, I'm pretty sure as well that Keenan Allen has a I don't know if it's a Charger record or, or it's an NFL record. I'm pretty sure he had like 14 catches in the game once or 15, and he seems to get targeted so much. Um, he's a key part of that charge that Charger offense. It's just that I think this Charger team isn't one of the best teams in the NFL. They always seem to shoot themselves in the foot. Um, you know, and, and a lot, even a lot of Charger fans know that uh, they, they seem to yeah. go really well and they start to play really well on both sides of football. And then a key fumble or, or key turnover or something would happen. Um, but Allen is but they're definitely... a bit like the Steelers as well. Like, in that when something one part of the team is good, the other part hasn't been. And this, and the, the Chargers have struggled. And I mean, most people know my fan journey when I first started watching NFL, you know, like when I was watching it casually. I was watching the Chargers because my family. Boo. I know, I know, I know, but I can't help what my jersey, <laughs> an airport, my my parents stopped in, right? But you know, but what I was going to say was that they they've struggled at times, you know, with things like the O line, you know, have had invested in players that haven't shown up, um, you know, that were top draft picks and what have you. So there's some similarity there. Um, Brian Brown brings up the pass defenses up because the Steelers' run defense has been bad. That's fine, but if you think about what I mean, Dave Schofield covered it this week on one of the shows. Uh, it might have been the post game. The fact that the fact is is that as long as you make the stops at the right time, let someone run all over you if you want, like because you know you can at least control things. Then, so I'm not, you know, I am just a, you got it. I think credit where credit's due, the, the, and this is why also I gave Keith Butler that win that, you know, I gave him that award last week and, and I talked about what he's done with the defensive line and the rest of the defense. And I know he's not the cornerbacks coach, that's Terrell Austin. But the the reality is, is that we we shouldn't be where we are as a pass defense if you really think about the players we've got. And that shows the coaching and it shows the development and it shows the, the Steelers' eye for talent as well. But, um, you know... But as you, but for Mark, when you were looking at this matchup, right now I had this pencil as a loss. Every time we did the preseason, that we did the record predictions, something to me just says that they go in and get the win this week, and I don't know why. How do you, how do you think the Steelers can get the win this week? Like what what's what are the what are the one or two things they just have to get right? First first point, we have Big Ben, so we always have a chance. But second point, I want to bring up also Brad Jewett's uh, uh, live chat. He says, Taco Charlton party party Sunday night. Now, I agree with that. I, I would hope to see, for us to do something in this game, you're going to see a lot of players we don't even know who haven't been yeah. a stealer for a long time. Yep. Taco Char- Charlton might be that guy. Um, yep. Pierre might be that guy as a cornerback as well. There's no Joe Hayden. A lot of guys are out. 
Who's going to fill in safety? Is it Joseph? Is it Killebrew? Some of these guys, it's this is going to be really a team game because a lot of your stars are out. TJ Watt is not playing. So the back, you know, we're against the wall right now. Um, we are projected to lose this game. Yep. We are not favorite. We are down by a mile. We're going out to the, the West Coast. Um, but I, I kind of agree. I think in these situations, for some reason, as much as, you, as a, lot of, a lot of fans hate Mike Tomlin for playing down to the competition, we tend to play up to our competition as well. And when we're in yes. a, we're having a tough spot, we do play uh, We play better. We really do. So, you know, Charlton might go out there. Highsmith might go out there and play a game. Um, the, the, the D-line, like I said, Archie Bong might get in there and have a go. You just these players, or also, you know, was it champing at the bit or chomping at the bit? They've been on the practice squad. They'd be yep. keen, mate. They'd be so keen. I know Especially not- if you're a Taco Charlton, as you say, like first right. round draft pick, mate. Carl Joseph, too. Like, yeah. yeah, they'd be keen. They'd be so keen if they're on the practice squad. I know I would be as when I played sport playing. I never played physical sport, but I played tennis. And I was always keen to, to play the sport or whatever and really get amongst it. And then if something, if you know, if I hadn't played for a long time, been injured or been sick, I was always just ready to play the comp or whatever. Um, they're professional athletes. They're ready to go. It mm. just depends maybe on their skill level that, that can they play that safety role like, like Minka does. Because Minka's been getting involved in, in a lot of... Uh, no, I think Carl well. Joseph can play that. I think he can step into that role. Yeah, not, well, it's, He's it's, not as fast on, he's not as fast as Minka, but I think he can step in there. It's going to be very exciting to see because this feels like this last, or this year a lot really, we have lost so many people on the defense, on the offense. It does feel like a complete new team. And the only one maybe sticking around is Big Ben and Cameron Hayward, you know. Other than that, it does feel like we have all these new stars or new like up-and-coming stars. And now that Joe Hayden's out, TJ Watt's out, uh, a lot of these fellas are out. Um, I, I don't know. I really don't know what to expect with this game. I expected to win last week against the Lions. But coming into going into LA, um, the fans get crazy out there, and my analysis is more of a, of a fan base. So the fans are going to be so fired up to, to play. Um, if Herbert gets a bit of pressure in the pocket, maybe gets sacked, and in, 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 you know they start to figure out the run game a little bit, um, yeah. then they have to. You know, I'll, if they if the de- okay, I'll put it this way: if the defense is playing like really tough lights out football and giving the offense a chance to win. They've got to capitalize, and the offense has to score. And you can't do what they did last week versus the Lions because I think we'll lose. If we play the same football against the Lions where we go even with them, we are going to lose this game. We'll probably lose by seven to maybe 10 points, maybe a field goal. Um, If we go out there and start to, you know, the defense gives us chances to win, we get fumbles, we get the, the, the shorter field. If Big Ben can really, really put it to the charges, uh, we we should not win comfortably. We should maybe have more of a chance to to win this game, I think, and then start to use Najee. It's, there's so many questions. This is probably, the, it, out of all the games we've covered so far, we yeah. do need a two-hour podcast because there are so <laughs> many questions on this. It's it's, it's right, isn't it? Like, well, who's who's still behind Najee? Who's our safety? What is Devin Bush doing? What is Sherbert doing? Well, I wanted to bring yeah. up, the, yeah, and, and you said it there, and, and then I want to end this more predictions and we want some audience Q&A. So if you're sitting there live in the Q&A now on Facebook or YouTube, get your questions ready to go fire because we really want to run through some. 
Um, I appreciate we haven't been giving you warning for a few weeks. So I'm not getting to it as much. But um, and also I know that people that listen on the audio side like to hear what some of their other fellow listeners and Steelers fans are thinking too, because they've by this stage they've heard us for about fifty or so minutes, and it's uh, <laughs> they want to hear us respond to what else is on other people's mind, or they might be having that same burning question. Um, but there's two things before we get to a bold prediction and an audience Q and A that I wanted to cover off. So the first one being. What are your thoughts around Devin Bush now? Because a lot of people are saying he needs to go to the bench. He's obviously not the same player he was with his knee injury. Now, I, I want to give the guy time where he was drafted. Um, I, I, you know, maybe it's the the Steelers, you know, Homer or fan in me, you know, the, the eternal optimist that says he can come back. You know, and it might be that that's next season. Do you think whether it's this season or next season or in the future, Devin Bush will bounce back? Or do you think that, this is it. This is unfortunately, no. you know, an injury that's curtailed his career. I don't, I don't think this is it. I think there's a, there's a big key point I think we're all missing. I think a lot of guys have brought this up too. Uh, it's it's the, the defensive line is not the same for where he's exactly. running behind, right? Um, last yeah. week, I think it was the – there was one play, and I, I did say it in the Slack channel, but everyone could have said it, right? There was one play where they came out and got heavy and that, that running back ran up the field and got about 25 yards. There yeah, was Jefferson. no, there was there was no chance that anybody was getting him. Can I just because say, can I just say, just pause you, just for a Matt shout out. I talked about Jefferson on War Room. I'm a fan of Jefferson. He would have been awesome behind behind Najee at the Steelers. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, now I've now I've lost my train of thought, Matty. Now um, you were saying Devin Bush behind the defensive yeah, line on the big no, one. Yeah. When I saw that, when I saw them come out in a heavy set, they had like everyone over like a million pounds. You know, and there was like the guy behind, like the the running back was running up to the middle. It doesn't really give Devin Bush a chance, or even Schobert a chance to yeah. attack that line of scrimmage and get be, get behind them. And and you know, because they're not eating up the blocks, they're not the, the Mondo and whoever was in there, Bugs. I don't even remember who was in there, but whoever was in there, they're getting pushed back and had no chance, absolutely no chance. So mm. if you're Devin Bush, I think he needs help, like in that, um, you know, team sense where. You know, and I've, I've even had, um, uh, you know, ex-players talk about it, that, that, that some of their role in the game is just to, to tackle the, the guard and the centre, take them out, and next minute the, the linebacker comes up through the middle and they get the tackle, they get this, the, 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 the sack, right? Um, it's not giving uh, Devin Bush a chance. The only thing I do see on the, on the TV, and we're so far away to even judge it, but sometimes I don't see his effort. There's not much effort, but look, I'm not a player. I'm just seeing, you know, sometimes when he's getting in there, he's, he's like the fourth or fifth guy there. However, last week with like Alex Highsmith, he was there straight away. He was in every tackle. Um, it might do to, to do with his injury. It could be doing with his scheme. Uh, we are missing a guy like Hilton on, on the on the slot as well, yeah, going into taking the box. Uh, we're missing, you know, um, Sutton's doing a different role too. So when we had Hilton and Sutton on the field at the same time, he can drop back and give Bush more 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 coverage or more scanning the field. Um, maybe, maybe Devin Bush is he's still doing the play calling, right? I'm pretty sure. Maybe he's got too much on his plate right now. Maybe it needs to go to show, but where he can just like be like a, a Troy or a Minka and just do whatever. But I do like, I do like how Minka, um, Bush and TJ Watt talk to each other. There's a lot of things, there's so many things. Oh, I, yeah. I don't think we, we, we don't give up hope on, on a player as the uh, you know, the number one pick, um, Devin Bush. You just don't do that. Look, people gave up on, on um, Bud Debris. And he went crazy near the end. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I think you've put up some really awesome points there. For me as well, like we've seen him get some sacks this season early on too. That to me says that, you know, I'm not saying he's perfect off the injury, but I don't think he's crazy hesitant. I think this is a tough, 
you got to think, like he had his rookie year where he was just throwing in like and had to do a million different things, right? Then the second year he comes in, spends a big off season. Might have, who knows, maybe he did too much work, you know, in doing that. And that's put pressure on his knee. There's often when knees go as well, there can be other imbalances that are, that are the case, you know, and, and that's what results in greater wear and tear, right? So that happens. And then he comes back in his third season and he's like, it's that's all there's a lot of mental stuff, mental things to deal with here. And I know he is a top 10, you know, draft pick in the first round. I know he is, you know, someone that's a professional footballer, Steelers, played for Michigan, you know, what have you. But that's still a lot mentally to to manage, you know, before you're even 25 years old, right? And so, you know, I, I want to see them, you know, support him in that. I agree with you as well in terms of, you know, the way things are shaping up for him the, the the flux of the defensive line as well um i also i don't think he and Schobert are gelling that well together and i think he is missing vince williams big oh 100 right 100%. this this team is missing vince williams oh yeah time. but i think devin bush particularly because i think vince has been in every situation you know, has had to really step up throughout his career, has seen a lot of things, would be able to stop, you know, he'd be able to bowl over offensive linemen, create the gap for, you know, Devin Bush to do but, his thing. So I, I think it's understated. And also they found out about Vince Williams, like Vince Williams the day that like the proper preseason, I think, started. I think it was the first day of the, the, the preseason after all the other, you know, workouts and OTAs and stuff. That's a big. That I think that's a big deal for a guy like Devin Bush. To be fair, though, you know Vince Williams did some great things for us. But we don't know how his whole season would have went, right? Because he's not, he didn't play, so we don't know yeah, if, he was, if yeah. he was going to be slower. But like in reality, back to like twenty 2020 twenty or twenty nineteen, uh, Vince Williams was a thumper. He was the leadership in the yeah. locker room. He was the guy, you know, calling out the plays, and he let Devin Bush get free and go and do what he wanted to do. I think even, for instance, uh, Devin Bush got a pick against the Chargers, I'm pretty sure, or the, or the fumble recovery, like two years back in that game when uh, Duck Hodges, Hodges had, the, had the, the game. Well, he was a difference maker. Without that game, yeah. you lose. Was without it a without that game, without Devin Bush, you lose. It was a, it was a pick, right? It was, it was an interception? I can't remember. You no, know, he had a fumble. I think fumble he had a fumble recovery. recovery for the score. Yeah, right. And then, and then you know, he was all over that game, and we, we loved him. So I just think, you know, you can't. As, 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 as soon as you get on these guys to be behind them, people are jumping off just as fast. Um, you know, Terrell Edmonds is really starting to play some good football and we can see it on, on the field and we can see him like, come down in the box and, and affect the plays. Devin Bush had an injury, mate. Maybe it just takes him time to get back at it. Um, yeah. He is getting burnt a little bit in coverage, but it also could be uh, schematic schematic as, as well. Well, I think it's hard when Hayden's out too. Like, I think that throws it because you see Hayden come in and like and sort of crash, you know, the, some of that short to intermediate passing. I mean, Darwin Nolan in the live chat brings up Jacob Tuioti Mariner. And I know that was pronounced that a bit wrong, but the guy they got from the Falcons, that linebacker, you know, he's he's very much a Vince Williams type, you know, potentially. Mm. You know, if you just look physically, I don't, you know, I couldn't say that off his play, but that's an interesting sort of contribution. I like that one, Darwin, on the on the YouTube side of things. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up before you give me a bold prediction for this game, I was looking at next gen stats this week. Did you know that they have this stat of the improbable completions by quarterbacks, right? So that really, you know, the stats would suggest they shouldn't be able to result in a completion, which could be a touchdown. Did you, ben Roethlisberger on the, on the season has the fourth most improbable, um, you know, 
play, which was a uh, 41-yard reception from Deontay Johnson. It had a completion probability of 12.9%. But did you know that Justin Herbert has two in the top 10? His throw to Josh Palmer uh, there in, in, in week eight which had a 14.9% completion probability. Uh, and that went for 24, 24 yards and a TD. And then he had the 10th one to Mike Williams uh, in week nine. So almost, you know, a couple of weeks in a row there, 15.3% uh, completion probability. And that went for 49 yards as well. So, you know, there could be anything happening in this passing game. But the fact you think in the top 10, you know, Justin Herbert has two and Big Ben has one. You know, we could see things in this game that people aren't expecting. We might need to talk off air because I have no idea what you're talking about. What do you mean? Improbability? Did he make the catch or didn't make the catch? No, they did. So it was the most oh, improbable okay. plays that actually happened. And Ben has the f- the, f- the fourth most improbable. And Justin Herbert has the eighth and the tenth. Some of these stats from next gen are just ridiculous, aren't they? Either, either It's pretty cool, though. <laughs> yeah, he either caught the ball or he didn't catch the ball. That's how that's how much of a simpleton I am. You know, like what so he's saying he had 45% to chance to catch it and he caught it or something. No, so what what we're saying is is that, that like so for Big Ben's one, which was a 12.9% probability, right? Uh, Deontay caught that ball for a 41 yard reception. There was a uh eighty seven point one percent chance that he was gonna drop the ball. How do you rate a, a percentage of a, of a, a catch or no catch? Because basically they put all the plays. Right? <laughs> it's crazy how they get this stat right. I was reading about this. So they basically get it, right? And they they get all the plays in the NFL at that point in time for the season, right? And yeah. then it leverage it takes into effect the air distance, the air yards, oh, the receiver separation, on. and then it balances these against, you know, the receiver distance from the sideline and more. And like, yeah, it's it's inc- it's crazy how they basically do this. But let's just say, basically, put everything into the computer about all the different metrics, and it comes up with the algorithm of whether you're likely to get that based on what's happened. The only the only thing I know that, that was hundred percent was Jesse James caught that ball, and Joe Hayden was onside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a page out there on the Twitter versus R. I think it's like it's been this many days since Joe Hayden was caught offside. Uh, I get I what you're saying. That. I just think a lot of these stats are just like they grab any stat to make something sound new. But, and it's but like... more than, I know, I know, I know. But the point is, is that Justin Herbert can make some pretty crazy throws and so can Ben still. So if you're out on Big Ben, right, right. get on the train, he's back in the game. Oh, like 100%. He, he, he gives us the best chance to win. I think, you know, and I've said before, Justin Herbert is a, is a really good up-and-coming player. Uh, we don't. I don't. I don't want to see a shootout though. I think we do. Oh no, it's hard to say. We're not going to see one though because, as I said, with the pass defense, I can't see it. I think both teams are going to run the rock. Hmm. But if we do see a shootout, I almost said that Justin Herbert's going to win. But Big Ben is just—he's always around. He's always there. He's always near the end. He always has a chance to win. Um, yeah. Look, I, I I agree with you. I think we we run this ball and we play good defense. And I think the. Some of the players, some of the new players will step up and we'll be like, who's that guy? Like, what's that? Who, who's that stealer? You know, what's that number? Um, and then hopefully we get to our, honestly, if we do lose, not, nothing is, nothing's over just yet because we have two um, big games in the AFC North coming up, the Bengals and the Ravens. But we have a good chance to go really far in front. So with that, and we don't have that too many uh, audience questions, but I'm going to give them. I'm going to give everyone some time to give get a get quick question in there. But uh, but Marky D, what's your bold prediction for this game? Your punt of the week. 
I'm just going with, you know, because there's so many players out, I want to see someone who doesn't normally step up, like honestly, like an Archie Bong or like a Pierre James to get a pick um, and really take over the game where they look like they're a TJ Watt, where Taco Charlton looks like, you know, he gets the, the sack and a half or he gets the tackle for loss and they just go off in this game. Um, what better opportunity for some of these young fellas from the practice squad, the Kyle Joseph guys, you know, I'm I'm covering a lot of players, <laughs> but I want to see I, the whole team play. <laughs> but uh, okay, to really narrow it down, um, let's say someone who who got activated off the practice squad it plays big and 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 it has you know makes, make the prediction, buddy. Make the prediction. Well, I'm just gonna say, look, can I can I have the practice squad, guys? Can I have all of them, or I have to choose one person? We can make a prediction for all of them, but you got to you got to put your money where your mouth is. Uh, all right, look, I'm gonna narrow it down. Then I think Archie Bond gets in there and gets a sack. Prediction Whoa, down. big yes. call! Well, you forced me into that. Bit. No, I know, <laughs> <laughs> mate. It's called dealing with the pressure. You're in the quarterback position, the O line, you know, the O line people are dropping left, right, and center. Cam Hayward's coming at you. What are you gonna do? What I'm trying to say is, besides that crazy prediction of one sack, is I think people at the practice squad will get involved in this game, and whoever does really needs to make it their game. You haven't played, you know, in the NFL that that long, and it's your chance to, on Sunday night football to go out there and say, "Hey, this team is not just about TJ Watt. Look at me. Look at me. Look, look what I'm doing. Uh, Taco off the edge. You know, what I'm saying someone like that to get our fans excited again. Otherwise, if no one really steps up, we're in a bit of a, you know, we're in a bit of trouble because we could lose this game. You're right. I like it. I like it. Yeah, mate. What's yours? Do you want me to pressure you? <laughs> sure. I think Big Ben is going to do what he did last time he had the week off with COVID uh, last year against the Cincinnati Bengals. I saw a stat out there, and, and so I want to pull them up. That In that game, he was 27 from 46, 333 yards, four TDs, no interceptions, wow. quarterback rating of 110. He's got like a quarterback rating of 87.5 or something for this season so far. I think he's going to come out and do uh, like my poll prediction. He comes out and does similar. I think he will maybe throw an interception. I see three to four TDs. And if he gets over 300 yards, it's going to be from stuff that's yak yardage. But I could see DJ um, and particularly Najee in this game, their yak yardage be really high off the receiving. And I actually think I'm going to go double trouble this week. And I think Najee has more, more receiving yards than he does rushing yards. That's huge. That's a that's a bold prediction. What about uh, before we end, we end the show? What about Muth? We didn't talk about Muth this. Uh, well, that's. This week. I was then I almost went double trouble with Muth. I think Muth is going to have fifty something yards in this game, and I reckon he's going to have a long, at least um, one reception of twenty five plus yards. Right. No, I, I'm keen to see it, and guys, it's, it's coming in. You know, thanks everyone coming in the chat and stuff like that. But I'm keen to see this game because. If we can win this game, we go six three and one. And if there's a chance that the um, the Ravens, I'm I'm picking it too. The Ravens could lose to the Bears. Lamar Jackson might be out. He's he's got an illness or something. So you don't know what's going to happen. Every but also Sunday. that Bears, if that Bears defense plays the same as what they did against the Steelers, and if Fields can step up again, I could I, I could see the Bears winning that game. It's going to be a very competitive game. I'm telling you, that's a very that's fifty fifty. The the odd makers say it's not fifty fifty, but it pretty much is. Yeah, you're going into into the Bears stadium. They're playing better football right now. The Ravens can lose that game. Actually, all the games can in the AFC North can lose if the Lions. I was going to say. Up. I was going to say. What's your what's your thought around um what's your thought around uh, the Browns against the Lions? Well, 
I think the Lions will lose, but but I don't trust the Browns right now. I really don't. I don't know. They got beat down by the Patriots 45 to 7. Uh, the Lions, uh, they if they run the ball like they did against us, they have a better chance to win. However, Nick Nick Chubb's playing now too in the uh, in this game too. Um, Baker, if Baker tries to be a hero and throws the ball all around, he'll get picked off. He'll get the short field. Lions need to get up, and 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 Jared Goff should bounce back after a better game. You'd think so. Um, it it really depends on uh, the Browns can't overlook them to win. And even similar similar thought too with the, the the other AFC North game, the Raiders versus Bengals. I don't know. That's a 50-50 as well. So if all these games, like just imagine in in a great scenario. All these games lose on the AFC North, and yeah. well, actually, if they all lose, we probably lose because we won't take advantage of it. Um, but if, <laughs> if they if they all lose and we win, we're in a we're in a good position heading into. I can't wait. I can't wait for the AFC North football. But but even if but let's say uh, Cincinnati lo- let's just assume Cincinnati loses to Las Vegas, right? So they're five and five. That's what Cleveland is right now, right? And then the Ravens lose to Chicago. So they go, they become six and four, right? And Cleveland, let's say they manage to 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 lose um against Detroit. Bims, they win their six and five, right? Those Baltimore and Cleveland got to play each other next week. There is a scenario here where we end up after next week back on the top of back on top of the AFC North. And yep. you know there's no there's no easy games in the NFL. We said it earlier a few weeks back, uh, about a month ago, in taking care of business every game. That goes for every team in the AFC North. It goes for every team in the NFL. The Steelers need to do that this week. Oh, 100%. But, it's, it's, it's the same thing. Like if, they, if they all lose and we, and we do win, we're, we're, we're the AFC North uh, leading champs at the moment. We are. It's it's but then I I do if if we do lose don't jump off the ship guys again stay with us because you do have AFC North football coming up and we're only a, a half a game behind the Ravens and we're coming fifth um, we're the fifth seed in the playoffs yes it yeah. looks it looks it looks bad right now but I but look at the whole NFL right now there's no one that's okay. really like sitting out there particularly in the AFC like like literally you can run through this like you know. Miami and the Jets, they're like two and three and seven, right? So that is what it is, right? Indy, Indy's five and five. Buffalo with one of the best defenses in the NFL and like across every stat metric, a six and three, right? Cleveland, five and five. You know, then you've got Jacksonville there at two and seven. Tennessee uh, and Houston, or Houston's one and eight, obviously, but Tennessee is one of the best teams at only eight and two. You know, that could change, you know, do we, if even particularly if we beat them. You know, then you've got Baltimore six and three, Cincy and Las Vegas are five and four, both of them. You know, then you go, you know, um, Kansas City is six and four. You know, we're obviously five, three and one. The Chargers are five and four. You know, the Patriots are, um, I think they're at now five and four, might be six and five or something like that. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's just completely leveling out, you know. So I don't give up. It's going to come down to the last few weeks. You know, they that, say, mate, it, oh, sorry, mate, just one more thing. You know, they say like, uh, and I, I cut you off, so I do apologize. But you know, they oh, say I like, you know, ha- times, right? half full or, or half empty. Mate, my bottle's full and it's ready to be cracked. So I'm going to sink some tinnies and I'm going to be watching the Chargers game. And I'm so ready for this game. So my my bottle's full. you got to have be, got to be positive about our Steelers. We're not out of this race yet, guys. We're not out of this race. That's it. And imagine Steelers winning and everyone goes into the Thanksgiving holiday feeling real <laughs> good. Real good. Exactly. But with that, that wraps up this week's Steelers 
touch down under. As always, Marky D. Go Steelers. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.